The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to it, Pinpoint Health Show. Pinpoint Health is uh, ready and set to go. The phone line's open. You have uh, pain and health concerns. That's, uh, that's why Dr. Lou is here. On Saturdays, 416-870-6400, info at pinpointhealth.ca to find a clinic near you. Always expanding, always opening, always helping, so you'll want to check that out. And the Lou Down, the long-form podcast with Dr. Lou as well. Good morning, pal. How are you? Hey, John. Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I am excellent, even though that, uh, you know, it's creeping along three places now, four into uh, a uh, modified stage two. Things are starting to get a little dicey again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are starting to be a little more impatient, but uh, it's a health concern, concern uh, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. on. I don't think, you know, anybody in the healthcare field um, is really all that surprised that this is happening. Um, we sort of all knew that a second wave would come. Um, and, and when it did, you know, because if we're not doing the right things, um, we don't unfortunately go back into this and, and it's really unfortunate on so many levels, right? But, you know, everybody's health is, is the number one concern, but my heart also goes out to business owners um, and, and people who are going to struggle during this time because they're going to have to um, completely shut down their businesses or at least modify them to such a great extent that it's so significant that it hurts, obviously. And, you know, that that's really unfortunate. I was reflecting on this um a little bit this week and I, and I sort of stopped and, and you know, the point of this show is really obviously to deal with people's pain and injury problems, but I am a healthcare professional. I do see the things that are going on around and so much of the problem, I believe around everything going on with COVID and, and what's unique to the day and age that we live in now is the amount of disinformation that everybody gets. And, and, you know, the amount of things out there that, like, we hear so much about how bad this is, but on the same end, we're hearing so much about how it's not bad at all and it's fake or it's a hoax and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of stuff that just creates problems, right? Because that is where people then start to be laissez-faire in their approaches because they're conflicted if they don't know. And I saw a really good post um, this week. And, and unfortunately, it's, you know, I, I don't want to say that I 100% agree with it, but it, it was it was really... I thought re- reflective of a lot of what's going on and a lot of what I've heard from the people that I've heard. And it was something along the lines where this post basically said, uh, where a person was saying like, you know, all of these scientists, immunologists, microbiologists, doctors, um, physicians are saying that COVID um, is dangerous and we need to be careful. And then all these people that barely passed science in high school are saying that it's a hoax and I'm so conflicted. I don't know who to believe. And <laughs> And, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not trying to be insulting to anybody, but this is this is really something that I see, and I've seen it in a lot of parts in healthcare. This is not when you work in healthcare. This isn't unique to COVID. It's it's actually the way it really happens with all things. That you know, there's always this idea that the medical community is out to get everybody. That you know, yeah. all of us went to school, and the first two years were you know in an underground dungeon on how do we actually hurt people. And that's not the case. That's not what anybody gets into healthcare for. Okay, everybody gets in to try to do the right things. People, we understand how to do research, how to look for these things. I even saw another post this morning that showed um, back when smallpox was still around and and it had signs like on the road leading to the smallpox hospitals because they had hospitals just dedicated for smallpox. 
and they were essentially telling people to avoid that road because there's a smallpox hospital up the road, so you don't want to be around there. And, and, and we've eradicated that type of disease. And yet at the same time, now we have this resurgence of people who believe that vaccinations are actually evil and that there's this master plan. And really, again, it's because their limited perspective on what they know, right? It's, they, they only know the last five years or 10 years where everything seems perfect, and they can sit there and question, well, why are we even doing this? And they don't have the history to go behind it to say, well, hang on a sec. What, how did people live before? And, and you don't even have to go into history. You sometimes just have to change geography. Go to other third world places in the, country, in the world um, where people are still dying from things that here are so under control that they're negligible uh, in the Western world. And so we take these privileges and, and we've become spoiled. And, and a group of society has become so spoiled that they feel like they should bring us everyone backwards. And that's really the disingenuous part, the disingenuous part about what's going on with COVID as well. And I see it all the time. I see people on social media. Unfortunately, there's even healthcare professionals sometimes that spread this disinformation. And, you know, it's a small minority, uh, but it's still not insignificant. And that disinformation is, is, is so dangerous. It's so dangerous that people are doing that for clickbait and for whatever reason that they want to believe. And people just become an echo chamber, right? Like the average person hear something and they just echo it because someone else said it, not because they've actually ever gone and looked at the scientific evidence to know what they're even talking about. And so when you put all of this together, is it a surprise that we're getting back into a lockdown? Like even when people say, oh, you know, how did they know there would be a second wave if it's not planned? It's like, because that's the way infectious diseases work. That's, that's microbiology. Like they know that, right? Like that's, that's not being created. It's like saying, like, how did you know if I threw a ball in the air, it would come back down? It's like because there's gravity <laughs> and science understands gravity. Yeah. So this idea that there's this big, massive hoax and that everybody's out to get everybody else. It's not that listening to those people, to that small minority of the population that's spreading that information is ruining it for everybody. And those are also the people that are being the most laissez-faire with their approach. And they're being so cavalier that they don't care. And, you know, then things are spreading and, and numbers are going up. And so, you know, I'm all about free speech and people have a right to say what they feel. I'm not encouraging that we silence those people. I'm encouraging others to have the brains to step back and say, hang on a sec, because that quote really did it for me, where it was like all these people that have all this incredible knowledge and education are saying one thing, and then oftentimes you hear these people who have no background, no business whatsoever to even have an opinion on this stuff, saying something else, and somehow people are conflicted. And I think people really need to step back and look at credentials, look at what people, um, where people are coming from, and say, okay, you know, which way am I going to lean here? And it shouldn't really be that hard of a choice. Yeah, free speech is an amazing thing. You can say what you want, but it doesn't mean you should be listening to them. You know That's what right. I mean? But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's a small fraction. It's still funny when you say that, how they know about a second wave. It's like, what, you're telling me there's going to be another winter this year? What are you basing that on? How did you know we're going to get snow? That's remarkable. You're yeah. a fortune teller. Yeah, like and then this is the thing that's crazy. Like, we know this with other viruses. We know this with the flu. We know this with the common cold. We've all experienced it. How many of us get sick in the summer? Not as many of us that get sick in the winter. Like, this isn't rocket science, right? Like, it's still science, though. That's the point. And so this idea that, like, it's a hoax and that it's all planned and you hear all these things. And, and it's so funny because again, it's the people who are uneducated, unfortunately, where you could tell where their, their knowledge gaps are, because they'll say things like, Oh, you know, they've been doing research on coronaviruses before. How did they know that? It's like, well, because a coronavirus 
is a type of virus, no different than saying, um, you know, like uh, uh, another generic name for understanding a certain virus. So that doesn't mean anything. There's been coronaviruses before COVID-19. The common cold often is a form of a coronavirus. SARS back 20 years ago was a coronavirus. They've been there. So, you know, the idea that people think that all of a sudden, oh, this nomenclature just popped up out of nowhere. No, just do a little bit of research and you'll understand that it's how, it's how scientists name viruses because there's a crown, corona, around the virus. And so, you know, there's no hoax, unfortunately. Like, I hate to break it to everybody, but John, you summarized the best there. Free speech is allowed. Doesn't mean you have to listen to the BS that's out there. And I would encourage people, if we want to really get past this, stop listening to the BS. Yeah, and stop listening to the big guy across the border because just coming out and saying, you know what, it's not a big deal. I'm old. I beat it. You really have nothing to fear. That BS isn't helping the world either. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's true. There, the cavalier attitude around these things, it's like, you know, some people are going to do really well with it. Some people don't even know that they have it, and they have it. That yeah. doesn't mean that we should dismiss it. Um, you know, you, we've spoken about before, John, that one of the really sad things around this whole narrative is that when you hear people that are dismissive about it, they'll say, yeah, but the only people that really get affected are people that have other health problems or that are really old. And it's like, okay, so we're allowed to just discount that part of the population. Like, we're not going to treat them like human beings because they've got something else going on. Like, it, to me, that's crazy that we even have that narrative. Every life is a life. And if we could do something to save anybody's life, I... I I, I would say that that's, uh, you know, what humanity would call on, call on to each of us to do. Do you have uh, health concerns, opinions, pain concerns? Bring them on. That's why the show is here, Pinpoint Health Show. You'll want to reach out uh, any other way. It's info at pinpointhealth.ca and one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to ask the doctor if you could. I uh, asked a question on your show of the doctor approximately three months ago, and I just wanted to be brought up on date. I've been reading articles on interferon alpha 2b uh, with a female doctor that has been uh, into the testing program for this as not necessarily a vaccine, but a serious disruptor uh, that would act probably as the flu shot before it gets to, uh, I, I think we're in herd right now, um, but if he has any information on that, it seems to be uh, the percentage of people uh, that have been given it uh, with either mild cases or just before, uh, it seems to be working. Yeah, th- thanks for the question. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know specifically, like I'm not an infectious disease expert, so I don't go into uh, exactly the way um, all of this stuff is being treated. You bring up a really great point where, you know, the, the options here are, um, are we going to, you know, the vaccination, which hopefully will prevent the virus if someone gets it. And then the other uh, side of it is how do we deal with it from a treatment standpoint? And you bring up interferons, which interferons is a general name for what are signaling proteins that cells release 
um, naturally when when it, uh, viruses are detected. So I'm assuming, you know, they're probably working on something like that where they can get those proteins and release them in larger quantities um, and, and have an effect on it. I don't know the specifics, so I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't give you any more clearer insight on that. But, you know, from a purely uh, microbiology perspective, it makes, you know, total sense. Uh, why they would want to work on something like that. And, and again, those are things that happen naturally in the body anyways. And, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm not absolutely sure of, of uh, whether they're working on something specific so, or, yes. So I've asked this question to the politicians in my area, and I've asked this question to doctors, and the, some of the doctors seem to be unaware that these tests have been happening at the University of Toronto, and I just can't remember the female doctor's uh, name, but she's in the hospital doctor. And uh, I, I'd love for somebody to explore it. It seems to be working in other places around the world, not as a vaccine, but as a disruptor. Well, it's not a, it's not a vaccine. But there's other medications out there that are disruptors. What I can tell you is, again, this goes back to, I'm sure the scientists, you know, like if, if you're saying you're aware of it, then the people treating COVID here in Toronto are even more aware of it. And they're looking into this stuff. They're doing the research. Um, and, and they're figuring out what are the best disruptors or treatment uh, protocols to follow with this virus. So, I mean, I, I have confidence in that system um, and in the scientists and in the doctors that deal with this in, in Ontario. So I, I would I assume, uh, and not, I'm more confident than just assume, I can almost guarantee that they're aware of whatever potential treatments are out there from a treatment standpoint. And I'm sure they're working towards the best options for, for treatment for the population. That number, 416-870-6400, to call and to have a discussion, ask a question. If you have some uh, pain concerns, health concerns, that's uh, that's why Dr. Lou is here. Hey, Laura, thanks for standing by for a couple minutes. Good morning. Good morning. How Hi, are you? Laura. Thank you for Hi. taking my call. Yeah, good. You bet. What's up? Um, um, just regarding the earlier comment from the doctor about, um, you know, like a lot of the information out there that this is a hoax. And... Um, referring to people being uneducated. There's a lot of very educated people out there who have a difference of opinion, such as neurologists, uh, virologists, scientists from all over the world. So there's a panel. It's not the majority of those people, though. There's always... See, the thing is, when you work in healthcare, there's always a fringe element that will see something. And listen, I'm not saying that I'm open, that I'm completely closed-minded and that I don't think things should be questioned. It's not about that. Uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be much more willing to listen to those individuals um, if they brought something up, but I don't see those individuals bringing that stuff up. I know of a few from around the world, but they're fringe elements from what I understand. And then again, when, you know, when there's a scientific consensus on something, there's a scientific consensus for a reason. That's the same thing with global warming or with, with climate change. The consensus in the scientific community is that climate change is happening. There are still a number of scientists who are on the fringes who say, no, it's not. That, that doesn't, you're always, science, you know, when you're doing science, you can always find something that goes against. It's not about the one research or the one opinion. It's about what is the consensus. And that's really what scientific evidence is, is where is the consensus? And the consensus isn't on that side that this is not a hoax or that it's not. Listen, I'm also a realist. Do I think in, in some, like, do I think that it's been 
blown out of proportion in the sense of could we have done things better by keeping them more vulnerable um, in, inside and, keep, and keeping the world going? Yeah, I, I would say I'm a realist. I definitely think that there could have been a better way to handle this and that maybe it's overblown. And, and, and you, know, there's, you know, at the beginning, we thought the death rate was going to be so high and it comes down every day. So we're going to see that. But again, you, it's easy to criticize in hindsight. It's easy to look, criticize and look back and say, well, look, it wasn't as bad as everybody said it was going to be. It's not as easy for politicians and for governments to make that decision when they're looking forward and they don't know. Okay, that's all Laura had to say. That's good. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. It's it, And I think really that's the thing with, with, with science and medicine overall is you always have that side door open for new possible opinions. I mean, that's why after all these years, it's still called the theory of evolution. I mean, it's yeah, not a hardcore fact. I mean, there could be no, changes. No, it, you know, that's yeah, why I call it a theory. And, when things bec- when, and you're exactly right about that, John. When things become like fact, they're known as laws, right? Like Newton's laws yep. are is a law. Gravity is a law because you can't – there's no – other way to look at it, right? That that's science has proven it. But you're absolutely right. When you're dealing, listen, healthcare has evolved. We all know if you look back in in time and you see some of the things that were recommended, and then you know at the time, doctors once upon a time used to tell people to smoke, to smoke cigarettes for oh their stress. We're, we're talking 50 or 60 years ago. Now you fast forward and you know, well, no, that's wrong. But the amount of science that they had at the time was limited. So they did the best with what, you know, everyone always uses that as an excuse to say, don't trust, you know, doctors and scientists, because once upon a time they were recommending smoking. That shouldn't be the reason if, if, a, if a whole industry, a whole sector evolves enough to say, Hey, we were wrong. And now we're not recommending any that anymore. Isn't that what you want that, that any person, any uh, sector, any company, any organization, whatever it may be, can evolve and look back and say, hey, yeah, you know, at the time when we made the recommendation, we thought it was the right recommendation, and we now know that it's not. And, you know, I'm also not saying that there's not, you know, nefarious actors out there that have done things maliciously. Of course there is. But, I mean, there's people out there. You Like, this is not something that is only, you know, like, you can talk to people that have had COVID. There's videos of these people, and they're incredibly sick. They struggled with it. This is not something where it's like, oh, but everybody's fine, and there's no such thing as a bad case out there. There, there are, you know, how many – there's a, over a million people in the world that have died because of it. So that's mm-hmm. not insignificant. That, people have died, so that doesn't mean it's not anything. It may not end up being as bad as we once were told it was going to be, but that doesn't mean anything when you're looking forward. You can't base it on the potential. It's, it's safer to assume the worst than to assume the best, right? Like we all operate in our lives like that. Like if your chest started hurting and you thought you were having a heart attack, but chances were you weren't, you'd want to call the ambulance and get there because why? You'd end up saying, well, I'd rather be safe than sorry. So why is that okay for your individual health, but it's not okay for global health? Yeah, it's amazing how people look back and said, oh, science, you know, used to think smoking, how, how can we trust them now? Well, you know, when your kid is 22, you don't say, you know what, you're an idiot because when you were two, you believed in the Easter Bunny, so I'm going to hold it against you. Like, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah, and, I mean, and like things, you know, things have evolved. People have evolved. Things that, you know, within even the realm that I deal with, with pain and injury, where there were things that eight years ago were seen as best practices, and now they're not best practices, so we adopt that. That's why science is, is, is always evolving. We're always becoming better and better and better. Um, you know, just because your phone 10 years ago didn't do the stuff it does today, you don't sit there and say, well, you know, I don't trust phones because it didn't do that before. <laughs> it's like, well, it's evolved. 
<laughs> it's so true, right? What uh, What's happening in the clinics? I know last time we talked, you were you had a bunch that were either in the uh, pre-opening or, or working on it because people are always looking for a place to go, right? Yeah, and, and listen, our clinics, Pinpoint Health, uh, focuses in on essentially rehabilitation services and wellness services. So really anything to do with pain and injury um, problems. And we've got, you know, a, a full healthcare team in the sense of, you know, physicians, chiropractors, physiotherapists, um, uh, kinesiologists, personal trainers, what, anybody dedicated to the treatment of pain and injury, right? And it's a, it's a whole host. And I mentioned there a lot of the, the physical specialties, but we've even got um, psychologists and social workers available uh, to, to, to help on the psychological side of things. And then there's also the wellness services, right? Like naturopathic doctors that work in conjunction with physicians for people's um, issues outside of musculoskeletal health and things like that. But again, the, the important thing that we try to do and what we've built is we look at medicine about being integrated. And one of the things that really bothers me in a lot of um, these types of clinics, it's seen as alternative, right? Where it's like, you know, don't, I'm very much for looking at the world and saying, hey, we have a whole host of knowledge that is either traditional um, or, or, or newer, right? So, so things like naturopathic medicine and even traditional Chinese medicine have their place when you're dealing with this stuff. It doesn't mean you throw out the conventional Western medicine that we have here and you throw it out the door. No, it's about integration of all of those things together to have the best outcome for the patient. And that's really what Pinpoint Health is about, is how can we take everything that we have in the world in terms of how we deal with the things that we deal with and, and treat a patient with it so that they're getting a little bit of everything or what is best for their, um, for their condition. And we now see that so many things that once upon a time, a good example is acupuncture, which was not very much understood 50 or 60 years ago, the scientific evidence is coming out to show how beneficial it is for pain and injury problems. And we're starting to learn more and we're starting to see, hey, these things that seem traditional and more unscientific, and this proves, goes towards the point of how science can evolve too. And science once upon a time would have dismissed these types of therapies. Science is now saying, no, hang on a sec. It actually does work, and it, and it works for a good reason. And you know what? We, we were wrong, and, you know, if people do have these sorts of problems, then there's a place for acupuncture in their, in their, um, in their healthcare management. So this is what Pinpoint Health does. Um, you know, we're always looking to expand, as you said, to, to be closer to you, the population, and get the care that you need. So I encourage people, pinpointhealth.ca um, will help you find uh, a place near you, a practitioner near you. I, I am the owner and operator of, of the chain of clinics. Um, you know, so I'm biased in saying that I believe that they're, they're second to none. But, you know, I leave it up to, to everyone to make their own uh, decision on that. And again, I'm not precluding people from, I've said it a million times on this show, go somewhere that's closer to home before not closer to you. Just make sure you're going to a good place and make sure you're getting the right care. For me, it's really more about uh, people getting the right care. 416-870-6400 is the number. Get to uh, Vasilio. Hey, Vasilio, how are you? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for, for taking my call. I appreciate your good openness to, uh, to considering uh, other points of view and the fact that we may have uh, overreacted uh, in this situation. But, but I, would, I would challenge your, your, your reference to, to the growing body of medical professionals who are are asking very valid questions about the measures that are being taken around this uh, uh, around this virus and I'd like to know your your view on the great Barrington declaration and and yeah. the 
the, the, the wide body of, of, of science and health professionals who have signed on to that. I mean, these are Nobel uh, Prize winners in chemistry. Um, uh, so I'm just, I'm just, I'd just like to know your, your, uh, sure. your, and your view on that. Question. And, th- and this goes back to me being a realist about this. So when I talk about whether, the, like, we've got to step back. And when I, when I made my initial points at the beginning of the show, it's more around people saying that the virus is not real and does not exist. Okay. Sure. And, and yeah. that type of stuff. I, I said it myself in, in, in what I was just saying. Do I think the response to, to the real virus, which I can confidently say it's a real virus because there's scientific consensus on that, you know, once we get out of the way the response, that moves so much away from science and more into politics that, I mean, all sure. of us know that politics is a, is a messed up game, right? So do I mm-hmm. think that the extreme measures that have been taken were the best measures? You know, at the time, I didn't know as things move forward, and you're right, as, as other, um, you know, academics come out and look at this, you know, here's a great example, okay, of, of something that I thought was not smart from the beginning and not because of my personal view, but because of the scientific consensus. Um, SIDRAP, which is the Center for Infectious Disease at the University of Minnesota, is regarded as um, one of the foremost places for infectious disease and, and study of all of these things. And Mike Olsterholm, um, who's a PhD that studies these things, is one of the leading experts in the world on this. He said from the beginning that shutting down schools, keeping school children at home, was potentially the worst thing that we could do for our economy and also for our healthcare system because people have, you know, healthcare professionals have children. And if they have to watch their children because no one else can, then that prevents them. And he had enough scientific evidence to say that the ability for it to spread in, in um, uh, in those settings was negligible. And also the effect that it would have on young kids was so negligible that he didn't think it was the right measure to be taken. So there's an example of where science doesn't match with what politics does. And politics isn't just about science, right? It's also about keeping the population happy because we live in Ontario. We see this all the time when it comes to education. The minute there's something, it's all over the place where it's like, shut it down, shut it down. That's not necessarily where the scientific consensus was on that. And, and that was coming out of SIDRAP, and that happened, you know, across the world. Mm-hmm. So, I, sure. again, I'm a realist with you. I, I, the response isn't based solely on scientific consensus. The responses by governments are based on science, but also what the public needs of them so that so they can get their votes, right? Like, let's, let's just call it what it Absolutely. is. And so um, that's the unfortunate part of this. Sure. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of politics, and thank, thanks again for your time here. And speaking of politics, the, uh, I just read this morning that the – there's been a legislative committee assembled in, in Germany to to challenge the uh, the um, the rationale around the declaration of the pandemic and emergency orders in relation to that, and everything else that has gone along to uh, to raising the, the level of panic and. and uh, I've said this from the beginning on this show since it was happening. We kept the show going. Again, from the science perspective, from the basic microbiology of it, it is not a hoax. The virus exists and can can be potentially very dangerous in a large large chunk of the population. Although it is the minority of the population, it's still dangerous. We need to do things to protect people. Are the things that have been done the right things that, that were the best options to protect the populations? I don't know that answer. And, and, I'm, and I may lean towards what you're suggesting. Vasilio, appreciate the call. Thanks for your input. Uh, We'll take a short break. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pinpoint House Show, you want to reach out when we're done, anytime for that matter, 1 855 Dr. Lou, D R L O U. The Lou Down, the long form podcast. You can find that online wherever you catch your favorite podcasts. And uh, you want to go to info at pinpointhealth.ca. And pinpointhealth.ca, by the way, to find a clinic near you. Lots more information on the website and contact there as well. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I have a question about pain. Sure. I've had allergies, environmental allergies, for most of my life. And um, I've always taken some sort of antihistamine on a regular basis. Um, it was a nasal spray for the longest time. And then as I got older, I started finding that um, I was just had aches and pains all the time. My body, I would wake up in the morning feeling like I was hit by a Mack truck. And, um, and so just out of curiosity, I stopped taking my antihistamine nasal spray and mm-hmm. the pain went away. And mm-hmm. I tried going back on the spray, and it came back again. So then I switched to a pill form of antihistamine. And um, the same thing started happening. So now I've quit taking everything, and I feel wonderful. And I'm just wondering, is this something that's common, or am I just... No, not at all. I've actually never heard of that um, before. And, I mean, this is actually my specialty, which is pain, um, and and where I'm most of an expert in what I mainly do outside of the the stuff we began the show with but yeah no I've, I've never heard of that now how are your otherwise seasonal allergies like are those flared up in terms of when you're not taking the stuff oh when i don't take anything i feel terrible as far as the allergies go but at least i'm not in pain the pain is bad so bad sometimes that that i think i should go see you know some sort of doctor about pain management and um but now now yeah, that i've discovered I, what triggers it i just stopped taking antihistamines i sneeze a lot yeah i, I would I go see hurt. an immunologist more than anything right and, and go see if there's um something that they might be aware of or something different that they could because i mean you've got like a double-edged sword there right you want to you want to do well with the pain you don't want pain but at the same time you want to be able to control your seasonal allergies so I would go, uh, uh, rep- you know, see if you can get a referral to an immunologist from your family doctor um, and have that discussion with them in terms of what might be a better approach. Maybe there's something in there that's interacting with something that's specific about you. I don't know enough about your biology and all that stuff um, to comment. But, you know, you'd want to be able, I think it's good that you found what the source is and if you can eliminate it then that's good. I, I'm not really sure of what that physiological effect is that's doing that, but if that's what you have found for yourself, then that's what you have found for yourself. But, but you still want to be able to try to somehow control um, your allergies. So I'd say, I'd say your best step at this point is, is a referral to, to an allergy specialist just to, to see if there's something else that can be done. Sure, okay. All right, thank you. Okay. No problem. Thank you, Ann. Appreciate the call. You want to uh, follow up with Dr. Lou anytime, we'll give it uh, give it to you again. That number, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at pinpointhealth.ca. You know, at, just as we were uh, into a break there, I was, you know, based on, on Vasily's uh, call there about the uh, Great Barrington, 
That's it. That's a fascinating piece of literature. I just uh, I just read it, part of it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's basically the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, gbdeclaration.org. It's I. I, I I didn't know about it. I mean, it's it's not that old. It's a fairly recent document, but it's it's really fascinating. What it's what it's saying is it's pretty much yeah. against global lockdowns. Yeah, and and again, the, the interesting part there goes back to the way I see this. Right, like they're not saying that this virus isn't real. They're not. Yes. This isn't, and that's where my initial comments at the beginning of the show were happening, where people were saying that this is just a lie and that there's actually no virus and this is just to control populations and blah 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 and all that stuff. And, and that's where my concern is. Again, I, I'm not like, you know, the thing here is I don't know the answer. What is the right response? Uh, but what I do know is that there's a lot of smart, smart people out there that can have this debate. And that's an example of it. A group of very smart people um, that want to have this debate and say, did we handle this the best way? And it's, you know, we can't really go back into the past and change anything. What's been done is done. But really what we can start to do is figure out a game plan for in the future if, if something like this happens again. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to keep doing this, right? And the reality is that these types of viruses, unfortunately, in, in our lifetime, are probably going to keep emerging at a quicker rate. So we've got to figure out a better way um, to respond to these things. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. You still have an opinion or you have some personal health problems? Bring them on. Talk about them. I mean, that's generally where the show goes every week, but it's kind of taken a, an interesting road this uh, this particular week. But it is topical, right, because uh, places are being locked down and people are uh, suffering uh, big time, not only from the virus, but as a result of being locked down, mental health issues and physical issues, which we, we've talked about on the show yeah. ad nauseum. I mean, I'm sitting here going, man, after 3 o'clock today, I've got to get on my bike or do something because I just, I just feel like, you know, I feel like, crap, my gym's closed again and i got to do something because yeah. it gets into your head, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, and listen, that's the reality about this. And that brings up at a point that's related to what I do, right, which is the physical health of people and taking care of your bodies. And that's a concern, right? Because when, you know, the one thing that we don't have now that we had when this initially happened is the the weather was going to get better and things were going to be better. Now we're in the opposite, right? Like, Things are about to get worse. It's, you know, on a day like today, today seems to be beautiful, so you're lucky. But you're going to start getting days that are just raining, really cold, and you won't be able to ride a bike or it's unsafe to do so. And so that is really where I start to get more concerned in terms of what are people going to be able to do with their physical health. And, you know, just to – and this is what I'm saying. Sometimes it's about going to, like, as basic and almost thinking, like, as if you were in prison, right? Like, what would you do? You'd do some push-ups. You'd do some crunches, modify them so you don't hurt your back, obviously – you know, maybe jog in a certain, and I know it sounds mundane and boring and it sucks, but it's better than doing nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. I really want people. And, you know, that's the unfortunate part of this is the, the unintended consequences of what these things are going to do to people's health and to their minds um, and how they react. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. creating a lot of stress out there. And, and, you know, you're giving one example of yourself, John, you're a really active individual. You want to be at the gym. You can't be at the gym right now, so you've got to find other ways yeah. to be active and do those things. The important part, what I think you're doing that I'm worried that other people want is you're actually looking for what is it that you could do, and you're doing other stuff. And it may not yeah. be to the extent that you want, but you are doing something. Let's take a short break. Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pinpoint Health Show, a few minutes to go here. How's the uh, how's the uh, comeback to the clinics, pal? You getting uh, busy again? People starting to bring the issues back. A lot of people have been, as you just mentioned, or at least alluded to in the last segment, that people are being a little bit inactive. And then sometimes when you start to get active again, Oh, look, I pulled this or I sprained that or I broke this or I did some other thing. Are you getting some of that at the clinics? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, I mean, the reality about discomfort and pain and injury and all those things is if it's very much – it's sort of on that inverted U-curve that we see for everything, right? If you're not doing enough, you're not, you're, your body's not going to do well. You're going to feel aches and pains. And this is the classic example of someone who says that they've been sitting all day, they haven't been doing anything, and they're stiffening up. They're in gen- it's a more generalized type of pain. And then if you do way too much on the other opposite end of the spectrum, you're, you're making yourself more prone to specific injuries, right? Like, you know, if you're running so much, then obviously your knees might be a weak point. So, yeah, we see both, right? We see people who are... Obviously, and we throughout this, this pandemic, we've seen that either people trying to get back into it, creating those specific injuries um, as they get back into it potentially too quick. I was speaking with someone that is a perfect example the other day who's uh, been getting treated for their knee um, and, you know, was doing really well. Uh, the professional at the clinic uh, told him, OK, I want you to try going for a very moderate run and just see how you're going to do with it. Um, he reached out to me saying, you know, I was horrible. And, and I said, well, what, what did the professional, because it was somebody in my team, I said, well, how much of a run did, did he recommend? And he told me, and he did double the amount at twice the speed that he wanted him to. And I was sort of like, well, that's the problem, right? Like, you've got to reintegrate slowly. And, and that's the same thing if you're, if you're not doing anything and now is when you want to start getting active, that's great. But make sure you're graduating into that. You don't want to be jumping into something, um, you know, at full capacity because that's when injuries can happen. But again, you don't want to be on that opposite end. So you've got to find that middle of that inverted U. And that inverted U seems to be the case for most of life, right? You know, if you have no stress, that's not a good thing. And if you've got too much, that's a bad thing. And, and so, you know, this is where you've got to look at health and figure out where do you fit on that moderate scale? Where can you be doing enough that you're, you're making sure you're contributing to your overall health and wellness, but you're not being excessive and you're not, and you're not falling into a deficit? And that's really, really important. And, yeah, of course, to answer your question, John, we have seen um, an uptick in, in that type of case. And I think now, you know, in the summer, we definitely saw an uptick of that other end of the spectrum where people, the specific injuries as they were getting out, being active, and, and now I would believe, uh, you know, I would predict that what we're going to start seeing more is the generalized um, aches and pains from being less inactive because they're not really doing as much. They're staying home more, um, you know, and then I could tell you because I know this, uh, we all know this, that if you work in this industry, once the snow gets here and people start shoveling snow, the low back injuries are going to skyrocket. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that they're horrible, you know, surgical low back, but your low back pain is going to skyrocket. Um, and people are going to hurt their back because, again, they're inactive and they, they start doing something. They're also not likely using right technique. Um, and, you know, snow at points can be heavy. So, you know, this is the unfortunate part of what's going on. We're getting back into that phase. But the important thing is people don't have to live with those things. Our clinics are open. They're open to serve you for the things that you've got going on. And most importantly, we're going to do that in a manner that is as safe as possible. Okay? We're, we're, doing, we're taking every... I've always said this in healthcare, you always have to take precautions because we're aware of these types of things. You've always got to make sure things are clean and whatnot. 
we're going all of healthcare, but I can speak on behalf of Pinpoint Health. We are going above and beyond what is required of us to make sure that we're keeping everything as safe as possible for individuals, spacing people apart, seeing less people at any given time, all of the things that are necessary, sanitizing, masks, gowns, shields, you name it. If you're interested to know to the extent, pinpointhealth.ca, and that'll give you a clear picture um, of what you're doing. And, you know, since we've been, we never really completely stopped, but since being more back into full effect as of June 8th, I believe it was, where we sort of went back to a more normal type of thing, you know, we've treated thousands and thousands of people and we've had no, nobody has complained to say that they at any point felt unsafe. We've thankfully had no no one as a result. Uh, there's been no outbreak or anything like that. Yeah. So we're doing everything that we can um, and we're doing it for you, the people listening, so that that way you can get the care you need. And with that, we're going to let you get back to work at the uh, the clinics, pal. You want to reach out uh, to Dr. Lou now, you can. That We're done. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca, or just Google pinpointhealth.ca, and find a clinic close to you that you can use. Walk in and start getting some, uh, some help for sure. We'll catch you next time. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.